Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. War Eagle, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Tiger Talk. I'm your host, Taylor Davis, joined by the man, the myth, the legend, Jason Campbell. We are here to talk all things Auburn football for you. We're going to recap the results from this past week during the Ole Miss game. And stay tuned to the end. We've got another great Auburn interview coming for you. Former wide receiver, ton of time in the league, a former target of our guy Jason here. Devin Aromashadu will be joining us to talk all things Auburn, so you won't want to miss it. Uh, let's start with the results from this past week. Auburn got the win at home over SEC West foe Ole Miss 20-14. to 14. Jason, even though it's a W, some Auburn fans not exactly the happiest. Uh, what, what were your takeaways from this one? Well, I think the takeaway from this game is, uh, you know, Auburn was coming off a 12-round bout, I say, against LSU. And, you know, you can tell that the kids was kind of disappointed a little bit in not winning that game. And uh, as a competitor, mm-hmm. that does – it sits with you for a little bit. You know, a lot of people – you know, try to just move on to the next game, and, and you try to do that. But mentally, when you put your all into going into to Tigers, Tigers Den down there and trying to win that game, and you come up shorthanded, it does bother you a little bit because so much hangs in the balance of the season with the playoff talk and everything, and everyone wants to, mm-hmm. you know, stay in contention. So, you know, I thought with the kids coming out playing this game, you can tell that the energy, uh, you know, wasn't what it was accustomed to being, but – you know, you kind of understand these kids are 18 or 22, and uh, they're trying to pick themselves back up. But um, I think the thing with us is Gus mentioned it at halftime is about our finish and about us being a team mm-hmm. that needs to do more of finishing, especially on offense where we're in position to score more points because we let a team like Ole Miss hang around and they almost pulled off an upset because they was able to stay in, in the game because of missed opportunities by us and us not finishing. We have been saying, you know, it's difficult for us watching these games because you don't feel like the result was justified, you know? Like, you don't feel like we should have lost to LSU or we should have lost to Florida. I feel the opposite. I feel like we should have won both of those games. The opportunities were there. The talent is on this field. We're just not bringing it all together. We're not completing. As you said, we're not finishing. I want to talk about the result of this one because – it really was so strange. Uh, we saw some progress offensively. 507 yards of total offense for the day, which is the most we've had against an SEC team since Mississippi State. So we we finally saw that production. We saw some explosive plays. We saw some completed passes from Bo Nix. But we only had 20 points. Like, in what game does that happen? That is just really <laughs> deflating to, to get so many of these big moments and then not capitalize. Uh, you miss some field goals. That obviously hurts you. But to not be able to take advantage of, of the big plays and the ability to drive downfield is absolutely going to result in a loss against teams like Georgia and Alabama. So 
when you watched the offense, what were they doing better? What were some things that they certainly improved on? But what was still lacking that kept us from putting more points on the board? Yeah, it's the same thing that's, uh, you know, it's been hurting us, uh, you know, pretty much week in and week out here of lately is the red mm-hmm. zone. And uh, what we consider, you know, 25 yards and in, you know, we're not able to capitalize touchdowns. And, you know, we we're, we had a fumble inside the inside the red zone. You know, they had a dropped interception. Um, you know, we have false stars. We're getting holding calls. It's just you got to be tighter than anything when you get inside the red zone because that's critical. So you have to be tighter on everything, like your throws, your your runs, you know, protecting the football, alignment, getting off on the snap. It's just so many things that got to happen in that area that can help you get touchdowns and not get three. It was reminiscent of last year's game against Tennessee at home where we put up a lot of numbers and we lost that game. And then that game was starting to feel that way. And I was like, oh, man, please, no, no. And, you know, and we was able to stop them at the end and win the game. It's way more fun to go into a bye week with a win with one that could have got away from us. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, that's not a, a situation that you necessarily expect to have an old Miss team feeling pretty comfortable going into halftime. You're right, it was kind of reminiscent of the Tennessee game, which I still have PTSD from. I try and block that one out. But like I said, I've covered Ole Miss twice this year, and I saw them play with a bit more of a spark this week. And I think it was because they thought, hey, wait a minute, like we're going toe to toe with these guys. We we could maybe make something happen. Neither team got into the red zone until like seven minutes left in the first half. Again, missed opportunities for this Auburn offense. And that is a really frustrating theme to have in a season, especially like we say every week given the dominance of of this defense. Uh, There was a huge completion to Anthony Schwartz in double coverage for 50 yards, resulted in nothing, missed field goal. You have these moments of of up and what should be creating momentum, and then it just plateaus, or worse, plummets, and we miss a field goal and get nothing. That is where there is a ton of frustration. I've seen several articles this week saying – Auburn got the win, but it's being treated like it's a loss because it was, you know, so close and it really should have been a more convincing win. I, I don't feel like it's a loss. I don't think any Auburn fan is is moping about the fact that we have a W in that column. The frustration is to have these moments of greatness and to see it, to literally have proof that there is potential for this team to be executing with the very best and then to see it just slip out of your grasp. That is is where it's really difficult to come to terms with. Yeah, it's the expectation thing. Um, when you have high expectations, and when you have high expectations, you know, you, you have a lot of confidence going into the season. You have a lot of confidence, you know, preparing for the week and getting ready for the game. But when you feel like you fall short of some of those expectations, and we're still, what, eight, ten, where we're eight, week, nine weeks into the season. Um, so, and these guys already kind of, in a way, feel deflated because, are the two big losses to Florida and to LSU. So, you know, the fans feel it, the players feel it. And like I, I got to tell everyone, it all goes back to everybody wants to play in the SEC championship, which ultimately probably leads to the playoffs. And, you know, no one want to be out of it, you know, feeling that way going into November. And 
I'm not necessarily. It's hard. Is it going to be hard for us to even find a way to the SEC championship? Yes, you know because LSU has zero losses right now. Bama has zero loss, but yes, we still play Bama, but we don't play LSU again. And we know who's in front of LSU on their schedule after this game. They're you know they're pretty much probably not going to be contested like Auburn and Alabama to them. But you know, so it makes it a little bit difficult. Like man, like feel like man, you know we. We were so close and we just not there to be in this SEC championship game. And we feel like we deserve to be there because the effort we put in, the effort we took on these fields and from the defense, you feel like we have a championship defense. And I'd be the first to say this is a championship defense. I think offense, like I said, we move the ball, but then we don't finish. It is self-deflating and kids feel and they feel that. And so that's why I say that's why we got to turn up our energy level, even as players. When someone has a big play, let's get pumped back up. Because at the end of the day, guess what? You can still get a chance to play football. And at the end of the day, we're all human and we go through those moments in life. But just get excited, get pumped up, and let that energy just flow like electricity through the rest of your teammates on offense. And that'll help you finish drives because when you come off to hit somebody, you hit them in the mouth with a little bit more energy than I'm just coming off hitting them. But I'm coming off being physical, you know, and and to let teams know like early in the game, we're going to punch you in the mouth and we're going to score touchdowns. And then once we do that, we're going to make you make a business decision and say, I don't want to be here today. I'm ready to go. What's interesting is there were a lot of, you know, improvements this week and it just doesn't seem like they're able to be acknowledged given the final score. This was one of Bo Nix's best games. He had completed 30 of 44 passes for 340 yards, which 30 completions are tied for fourth best all time, which his dad, Patrick Nix, currently holds the record with 34. And 340 yards are the second most by a freshman. So this was a great game for him and hopefully will be a confidence builder. One thing that we've seen this season, though, is the guy's comfortable at home. Like, that that just is what it is. These road environments are when we see the youth kind of come out in him. And the offensive game plan called for a lot of short, quick passes. Um, the Ole Miss defense entered ranked – I think 35th or in in that range against the run. So we knew we were going to have to utilize a bit more of the pass game. There was some screens, some quick outs. They utilized Eli Stove more. So what we wanted to see following LSU were improvements on offense. And, and if you sit down and watch the film, they're there. You, you really can see those. It's just discouraging when you look at the scoreboard at the end of the game. And you got to think that that's, frustrating for this offense as well to not be able to relish in the improvements that I'm sure they worked so hard for in practice and and they did execute majority of it they didn't execute all of it though and in these game scenarios that's going to be what counts yeah I think the other big positive like you said Taylor you know Bo had one of his better his better games uh, as a true freshman and also DJ Williams you know he you know DJ Williams has added another dynamic to our offense like this guy just always seems like he falls forward and, and matter, like I have not seen him fall backwards on a tackle yet. And, you know, it's probably because his base is so strong and, you know, he's, he's short, he's stout. So even, you know, with the mixture of running backs that we have right now, I think, you know, he's kind of separating himself a little bit right now. You know, he's adding more value and more playing time to his resume. And that's how you got to feel sometimes. Sometimes you got to go out there and just, and say mm-hmm. and just put everything behind you and just compete and just do it at the best level that you can do it at and kind of ignore all the noise and just ignore everything that's happened and just compete. 
and uh, and everything. So there, guys have to understand when you're playing football or you have a job, you're always updating your resume. And that's the mentality that they need to take into November is there are guys that after this season that are going pro. So they're trying to put things on film. There's guys after this season that are coming back next season. And you guess what? You have recruits that's signing in February. I'm signing in December and February that's coming in. So you're always competing. You're always updating your resume. And they have to understand that, like, sometimes the truest, the, you find out the most about a person is when things are not going well, mm-hmm. but when things are kind of going against you a little bit. Like, what's your true character? You know, what what are you going to be? Like, how are you going to approach this situation? And I think we need to just start to understand that November is always a month to remember in football because it, it separates a lot of teams. There is a six, there's what they call the six bowl, a bowl six now um, in college football for like, you don't make the playoffs or everything. Right. There's still, there's six major bowls that does big payouts to the university and become major TV, want to watch games. And Auburn mm-hmm. deserve to still be in one of those games. And it's all going to come down to how we approach this November and how we finish November. And that it's crazy how that word just keeps coming up. You know, the word finish because we haven't finished offensively. Defensively, we're getting plays. We're getting turnovers. Offensively, we're moving the ball. And guys are, we're finding out more about some guys. But there are some other guys that need to step up. But then there's also the finish mentality. And if we can get that part right, there's no reason we can't finish the season you know, with only two losses and end up in one of these major bowl games. And, and you know, we'll, we'll say playoffs is, I don't know, there's always a chance for anything, mm-hmm. you know, stranger things that happen at Auburn. So but just control what you control. And that's like, I'm going to approach this week, this week in the bye right. week. Do what I can control this week to get better. And then next week, Georgia game, coach, you ain't got to talk to me. Don't say nothing to me, coach. I'm ready to play. I know what's at stake. Like, it's Georgia week. Let's go. You know, you ain't got to say nothing. It's not, if you got to come in here and you got to give me a pep talk to play for Georgia game, then I'm sitting in the wrong seat. I don't need to be at Auburn. That is absolutely true. Well, we definitely have a lot of faith in this defense and their ability to get hyped up regardless of this situation. Uh, Again, the score, you know, kind of deters fans from seeing positives from this game, but there certainly were. I mean, this defense limited Ole Miss to 266 yards of total offense and averaged around 3.86 yards per play, which are the second worst marks of the season for Ole Miss and their worst since the season opener to Memphis. They also had to face two quarterbacks in John Rice Plumley and Matt Corral, which like newsflash that's freaking hard that's like when you're preparing for a test and the professor comes in the week before and is like oh by the way why don't we include this book on the test as well and you're like oh i'm not entirely sure what i'm going to see from each of these but i have to know and be prepared for both so there were so many challenges in this one and let's not forget they were without marlon davidson and jeremiah denson two of the absolute rocks for this defense so You can't say enough good things about this defense. Every single week we sit here and rave about them, but it's because they do not disappoint. This is a defense of the decade. Uh, You know, I haven't seen an Auburn defense like this in the last 10 years. And and these guys, the reason they get a lot of accolades and they get a lot of attention, because they deserve it. You know, they deserve to get attention and and get the accolades that they're receiving. And guess what? Marlon Davidson went out, so guess, guess what? Other guys have to step up. So when other guys step up, 
you get that's your that may be your opportunity this year the, the, the show coach i may be a, a kind of a rising junior a rising sophomore for next year but all right marlon davis you out this week all right i'm about to show coach that i can step up and fit in and this can be my position next season every time you get a chance to put that jersey on it's an opportunity so that's why i tell guys don't don't sink too far because it's never as bad as it looks and it's never as good as it seems sometimes don't let don't let so much you know stuff just creep into you that can kind of kind of separate you as teammates like don't allow any of that just just keep pressing forward man keep sawing wood and and understand what's at stake for yourselves. And, and you'll play for each other a lot more. You'll be better at the end of the year than you were at the beginning. Yeah, it definitely was an example of the depth that this defense does have. I mean, we're so used to those big names, the Marlon Davidsons and all the credit and accolades that he's been getting. And, and then other guys step up and, and you feel just as confident in what this defense can do. So definitely encouraging to see that. I got to say one of my favorite moments from the game was my man Derek Brown literally running onto the field from the sideline and somehow ending <laughs> up with the tackle in space. Like, my man can't miss a tackle if he tries. He wasn't even oh, in the game. I was in the booth and – uh uh, one of the guys beside me said, where did he come from? He wasn't out there. I said, I said, I'll tell you where he came from. He came from midfield off the sideline. Yep. I said, but he had about a, he was about a yard on the, onto the field. So they couldn't say it wasn't illegal. Nope. Like, oh, that was so I said, funny. I know Rodriguez had to say, I can't even get positive yards. If I try oh, no. to call the right play. Yep. You just got guys coming in from the sideline. Just hitting people. <laughs> <laughs> he just has a knack, man. He's always where he needs to be. That was a, a proof of that. Well, and I would just also like to say, uh, we talked about it last week. I think this old Miss team is going to be one to watch in, in years to come. 85% of their total offense this season have been provided by true freshmen. Like, they are producing something down there in Oxford. And like I said, this coaching staff is really, really equipped. And they are breeding these guys to be a high-caliber football team. And I think we saw a glimpse that this team has grit. This team has toughness. And I think it's going to be a school that we need to keep an eye on moving forward. So just want to say, I, I don't think Auburn fans are, are necessarily realizing Ole Miss has come up just short this season. Really, the Alabama game is the only one that they've been completely out of. I covered the Cal game, a, a Pac-12 matchup, and it came down to the wire there. So that's a team that was going to be a tough contest. They are much better than Mississippi State. So everybody needs to take a, take a breather a little bit. Um, I do want to say a little bit about the fact that the, the stadium and the student section in particular emptied out pretty early. And this game did come down to a bit of a fourth quarter situation. Uh, Ole Miss had an opportunity to pull off the upset late in the game, and we had no students in there. Uh, it even caught the attention of some of the players. They obviously tweeted uh, a little bit of frustration, saying the energy level was not there. And that is incredibly disappointing, especially for me as an Auburn alum. I'm sure you feel the same way having played the game. We're better than that. And the university and the Auburn family, it, it has that reputation for a reason. And if you start getting to that place where because the game with Ole Miss you anticipate is just a guaranteed win or it's not as big of a deal as the LSU game or you want to go to Flippin' Sky Bar, I have a problem with that. Like, these guys need you. You, you put so much on the 
on the shoulders of these guys when they're already carrying the weight of of the brothers next to them and and the weight of the talent of their opponent and now they have to carry the up and down emotion of their fan base like this is a problem i i was really disappointed to see that i've i've been in those situations where it's cold or your feet hurt or blah, blah, blah. How the heck do you think those players feel after banging into each other for three hours? Like this fan base should give more to this team. We are, we have two losses. We have two losses to very good teams. And this program is headed in a good direction. Yeah, it was frustrating because I, you know, could look over there and I was like, man, where everybody go? And uh, the thing is, don't be with me when I hit the lottery ticket. Be with me, be with me all the time. Like, don't be with me when things are just going well. Don't be with me just because things are great or you can get some attention off being with me. Be with me through thick and thin and all the way through. Because guess what? Tough times don't always last and great times don't always last. It's hills and valleys and mountains. So stick with me. And thing is, yes, we only have two losses. And guess what? We're still the 11th team in the country. It's not like we could be Ole Miss. We could be Mississippi State. Still, at the same time, I guarantee you, people are still showing up. Because guess what? If you love something, it doesn't matter. You're going to be there. And so if you love Auburn football and you go to Auburn University and you love your university, which means you love every part of it, then be be there. Show up and stay there. And like I said, they didn't think the game was going to come down to the end is what it is. They left the game. Feeling like, oh man, we're not being excited. This game is kind of like not going the way I thought it would go. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave. I'm gonna go do whatever it is early. But instead of just saying, man, you know what? The team needs us. Like these kids have mm-hmm. fought their butts off. They just falling a little bit short, you know, on a, on the opportunities in Florida and LSU. But they're fighting. You know, they didn't show up and not fight. These kids gave it their all and and everything. They left it all on the field. And so you know what? We need to bring the energy to them like let's let's bring the energy to them let's get them going like love your university love your team and just show them support don't just be there for them when it's all going well and great be there for them when they had a tough loss something that i just have have noticed during my time and this isn't just you know at auburn because i i do know that this fan base is phenomenal and uh, everyone loves Auburn and and this was not a fair representation of our fan base. And I, right. I will preface with that, yeah. but I'm seeing this, you know, when I'm going around to all these different colleges and universities, I'm seeing it everywhere. And I think that it's an unfortunate result of something that we all wanted and something that we all love the college football playoff. I think right. it unfortunately has kind of had a negative implication on the fandom behind college football. And I'm just going to say this and then I'll be off my soapbox because I know everybody wants me to shut up. But (laughs) I think you're absolutely right. Like we've forgotten to love college football for what it is Mm -hmm. in that moment. Like if you think back to why you ever started loving college football, it was for the moment within a game on that given Saturday. You don't love it for the what the results could be come January. Like College football is not a business. Your fandom should not be transactional from one week to the next. You support the team because you love the team. You love the school. If the result 
isn't exactly what you wanted from, you know, your comfy seat on the couch or, or even in the stadium with all your friends, that's not what brought you there to begin with. Do we all want to win? Absolutely. I'm not discrediting that, but are you going to let the season have the identity of being a waste just because we didn't make it to the playoff? Like, that's a lot of time to be taking advantage of football a whole year. If by week seven, you're looking on to the next season because of a loss, like absolutely not. That attitude has to change. Like have goals, pull for your team, have emotion behind it. Like that's so important, but remember why you love the game. And, and that's not just four quarters any given week. And if it's not a win, you're tapped out. You are invested in, in the program, in the university and everything that it is accomplishing throughout the course of the season, not just postseason. I came to Auburn off the fan base. I was at the game, 1999, Auburn was playing Alabama at home. And I was on my, uh, my recruiting visit and Auburn lost that game in a close game. Alabama was already favored, but it was a hard fought game. Alabama won it at the end. And I just remember the Auburn fans just like, I'm talking about just like in tears and just, you know, not mad fussing, but just in tears because they they cared so much and they they loved it so much. And I was just like, man, this is family. I, I want to be a part of this. Like, we they lost the game and it made me still want to come because the way the fans reacted to the loss. And I was just like, mom, this is family. I like, I, I want to come to school here. Yeah. And that's the reason I chose to come to Auburn because of the family atmosphere, because family loves you when you're up and they love you when you're down. And and that's and that's Auburn. And that's why we got to get back to that. And like you say, college football playoff system has kind of ruined it a little bit because back in the day, man, people fall all the way through the season because people were trying to get to certain bowl games. They were trying to get to certain things. And. And, and But now it's like, okay, if you don't make the Final Four, all right, season's over. Who cares? Right. Like, no, that's not right. It's, it's a lot more to play for. And football is a lot bigger than just the four playoff games and the atmosphere of college football. The, the fans are so important. The, the smelling good cooking when you're walking through. The, <laughs> when you're walking through. Like, that's something I never experienced because I was always playing. So right. now that I'm not playing, I look forward to walking through there, tailgating, people, you know, cooking and food smelling good and, and gaining about five pounds on the weekend and got to lose <laughs> it on Monday. Like, I enjoy it. Yeah. There's so much more to it. And I think the playoff system is great. It gives us the opportunity to truly find the, the best teams in the country. It, it crosses over a lot of different conferences and teams that wouldn't have a chance to play each other and, and really test what they're made of. I, I think it's great. But it can't take away why we all loved college football. And and that starts with your love for your school. So students and, and Auburn family, like get, get back to that. And really for everyone that follows college football, like the playoff is, is a fun bonus at the end of the season, but don't let it take away from the blood, sweat and tears that these boys pour in uh, for months. So, uh, okay, I'll shut up now, everyone. You, you know where I stand on that one. Well, I think that's probably enough from us, Jason. I think it's time we bring in another Auburn great former wide receiver, Devin Aroma Shadu. Now, listeners, I got to go ahead and tell you, I'm going to be real with you. Before we started recording, my man Jason and Devin were bantering as if they are still teammates down on the field. They, uh, they still got some competitive edge to them. It's been pretty entertaining to listen to, I'm not going to lie. So everybody welcome in. Devin, thank you for joining us. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Taylor and Jason. More than welcome. 
Oh, now he's singing a different tune. Yeah, yeah he's being nice now. <laughs> he just got through just parading, talking about he need my trophies and how I took credit for so much for, for everything. And I told him, I said, look, I said, look, Devin, you're more than welcome to take a picture of the trophies. You're more than welcome to touch them. Uh, you just can't take them from the premises. I said, but they are a part of you. They are a part of the, the receiver core. Oh, boy. But they, oh, they are not. My name is not on there. I didn't get presented with anything. at my locker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the quarterback receiver blood runs deep. I also will say, before we started recording, Devin asked us what the podcast was about. So just want to put that out there. But got to appreciate a man who says, yeah, to his former quarterback requesting him to come on a podcast. He doesn't even know what he's talking about, but he said, yeah. So uh, we appreciate you being here and and we want to get your take on all things Auburn. You know, a big talking point around the season up until this point has been the offensive side of the ball. Some difficulty producing on that side. So I really want to get your take on what you're seeing from this offense being run behind a true freshman quarterback. And that's obviously going to come with its adjustment period. But when you watch this offense, we've talked about it this past week, over 500 total yards of offense, but only 20 points. So in your mind, what's the disconnect on that side of the ball? Um, in my, my opinion, I just think it's, it has to come down to, to execution. Because the closer you get to the uh, to the, to the end zone, it, it's harder to score because you have less of a sure. field and everything is compact. So you have to be more precise on what you're doing. So I think that comes down to execution. And at a certain point, it's it becomes a one-on-one battle the closer you get. Because if each guy can win their one-on-one battle, you will eventually make some progress and gain some type of yards. So at that point, you know, the trick plays and the gimmicks and a lot of that stuff, it's kind of out of the window, you know, throwing a 50, 60-yard ball down the field is out of the window. It basically comes down to a one-on-one battle. And as a coach, you just hope that, you know, you put your players in a position to where they're in a one-on-one battle and they win. So, you know, I think that a lot of that kind of plays on, on you know, why they've been unable to, to execute down in, in the red zone and uh, red zone because, you know, I guess I'm, I'm just thinking they're not winning those one-on-one battles. So, Devin <clears> – <throat> When you look at the when you look at Auburn and you think back to yourself and your career, I know as a quarterback, I had to touch the football every mm-hmm. play. But as a receiver or right. as a you know as like a tight end or or even a running back, the way we run by committee, you know, guys don't get a chance to touch the ball every play. How do you keep yourself involved mentally from a standpoint and keep yourself and understand how important it is to stay involved, even though you're not touching the ball every play, to be able to make an impact in games. Um, I think that comes with experience, honestly. I mean, obviously, as a younger player, most guys come from where they were playing in high school where they did touch the ball every play. So I think coming to a team to where it's more group-oriented and how you're going to, you know, attack the opposition, I think it just comes with the experience of knowing that you're not going to touch the ball and actually going through that a few games to realize that I have to be ready every play because this one play could make a difference and I'm not going to get you know, three to four touches every series. I may not get a touch for – as a receiver, you may not touch the ball for a series and a half, but you just have to be ready when that time comes. So I think as a younger younger player playing those skill positions, you may not you may not figure it out. It may frustrate you. But I think as you get a little older, you know, in your career, then you start to understand that I have to stay focused and, you know, every play counts. Even though I don't have the ball, I still could, 
have a key block, you know, or, you know, make a, make an impact somewhere else besides me actually having the ball. So I think it honestly just boils down to having the experience and the knowledge to just stay in the game. Well, that's a good point. You know, over time, we've seen this season, some more guys start to get involved. We've kind of talked about it over the course of the season that, you know, Seth Williams has been the security blanket for Bo Nix, but you got to have more than that out there. And this week, we saw them utilize a lot more guys, Eli Stove getting more involvement and things like that. And you got to think that that ties into the time that it takes for these guys to be building that chemistry and, and knowing their role and their ability to have an impact in that role. So I want to get both of your perspective, actually, just on how important that is for the quarterback and his targets to start building that rapport and that chemistry. From each of your perspective, how does it affect your individual game when you start understanding the way your brother's next to you play their game? Well, I'll go, I go first, uh, Taylor, since I'm the quarterback. Um, <clears throat> yeah, go oh, ahead. Go I just got to get something on my chest real quick, though. Um, you said you would have oh, had a thousand yards, so I want to go back to the Tennessee game, my junior year at home, <laughs> where you caught a goal ball for a touchdown. The crowd went crazy, and then we looked at the at the big at the big board, and half of your foot was out of bounds when you came down. So that's forty five more yards. It was actually in, but then I give. You it was actually in. You know that, well, right? They went back and apologized. We sent the tape in. So, uh, well, no, we, need, we need to still send that in. We need to still send that in to the SEC and, and get your yards back and put 45 more yards onto my career <laughs> stats and another touchdown in as well. Yeah, onto your stats. But, Go ahead. But you did make a great catch in the Tennessee game, the championship game that kind of like sprung it when they made that run to come back and then you hit the, you caught the long go ball and everything. I think a lot of that, Taylor, my point is it's trust. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something yeah. you kind of build over the off season, you know, like it's not something you gain within the season. Um, of course, like during the springtime, you know, you're doing all these mat drills, you're doing all these hard workouts and, you know, you're kind of seeing the guys that, that want to be there and the guys that don't want to be there. And then as the season can, as you get closer to the season, you know, things get a little bit tighter. And then once the season gets there, everything's on the line. And when you're in the games and everything and the atmosphere is going crazy, it's about trust that who can make a play for you when you need it the most. And, uh, you know, Devin was one of those guys for, for myself that I can always count on, you know, to make a play for us. And uh, he was big, he was strong, he was fast, he could always get behind the defense. And uh, we were so balanced on offense that it wasn't like we, we could – like it didn't matter if we had to run the ball the whole game or we had to throw the ball the whole game. We was able to do both. And, you know, sometimes, you know, that counts on guys having to be unselfish. And uh, I think the reason we was able to go undefeated and win was because we had a bunch of unselfish guys that was willing to work together to make it happen. And when you get into the season and it's third and two, it's third and three, you want to be able as a quarterback, look across the board at all your receivers and say the ball can go to any of them and make a play for us. And I think when you look at this year's team, the reason Bo is so comfortable with Seth is because he's a young quarterback, but Seth is a big receiver. And I think the other guy, mm-hmm. Hastings, he had a, a good record on early in the year, but we haven't seen much of Hastings of late. I don't know if it's injury or, or what, but um, right. it's a trust issue. And that comes from just time and, and, and experience together. My, I, was talk, I went in the locker room before the game and I talked with, uh, before the Ole Miss game, I talked with Eli, Eli Stove and, and Seth Williams and I, and, I, and this is something I didn't realize until maybe when I got to the NFL. I told them, you know, 
playing receiver is is a is a tough position, and it's a tough position um, in in the sense that you have to be you have to do everything right every time. And and when I say that, and everyone else does too. When I when I say that, in order for me to catch the ball, even though this is something simple when you think about it, in order for a receiver to catch the ball, ninety percent of the time, everyone has to do their job correct for me to even touch the ball. So that means the snap account has to be correct. The line has to slide the right way. The running back has to pick up the block. The quarterback has to drop back and make the correct read. Then I have to run my route, and then he has to make the throw to the correct spot. I have to be where I'm supposed to be. All that stuff has to happen just for me to have an opportunity to touch the ball. So for something so simple, when you when you actually sit back and look look at it, it, it can it's so hard for it to actually work out every time because no one's perfect. So so much has to go right on a passing play just for just for it to transpire. So when I look at that, I, I kind of told those guys, I said, you guys got to be ready every single play because that one play that you could get the ball, you know, you may mess up on or you, you might not be in it mentally, and that might be it for the game because everyone has to do their job right. Or the next time the running back may not pick up a block to where if you're running the ball, it's a little bit less that you have to go through for the running back to get the ball. It's a, you know, a snap of the ball and the running back now has it and he's able to make a move. But as a receiver, everything has to go right on the play for us to actually have an opportunity to touch the ball. So I told those guys, I said, you guys got to stay in the game regardless of, you know, of what happens because it's it, it has to be a perfect storm for you to just get the ball. So I think people, a lot of people don't realize that um, throughout a play that so much stuff goes on in order for the ball to be thrown down the field. Will both of you guys get the opportunity to interact with some of these you know, young players. I, I do too, but they give me, you know, the, the answer that they think they need to give to the media. You guys kind of get them without any kind of mask on, any kind of facade. You guys were in their shoes. There's kind of a camaraderie there. So when you guys interact with these young players, specifically on the offensive side, because that's just been where so much focus has been the past few weeks, are you guys getting a sense of confidence from these guys? Jason, we talked about it last week that sometimes these guys are out on the field and, and you don't feel like they really have that, that edge about them that we've seen, you know, from teams like LSU who just take the field and they just, they have this sense when they're on the field that it, it's going to happen. When y'all are interacting with them, are, are you seeing that confidence start to breed as, as season progresses? Obviously they've had a couple tough losses and, and kind of feel like their backs are against the wall but when you're one-on-one -on -one and you're giving them some advice like you just said Devin do you feel like there's more confidence here that they just need to keep translating to the field I do I think it's you know I think I, I think they're definitely building up confidence confidence as the season goes on I know that you know they did have two tough losses on the road but they're definitely I think they are on schedule considering they do have a true freshman as quarterback so I think they're moving right along I, you know, I, I know we kind of want the, the running game to be a little bit further along than where it is, but we've had some injuries there. But um, I think the guys are, you know, moving in the right direction. And we saw some big plays on Saturday that can kind of back that up, in, you know, in my opinion. Yeah, I think um, when I look at this team and then, like, when you're on the field, you're around the guys, I think offensively, when you have a defense that's so, that's so great as the defense that we have, and like we say, sometimes that can become a crutch, you know, 
for an offense mm-hmm. because you know once you get in the red zone, that's a guaranteed three. So sometimes you shrink the playbook a little bit to keep from, uh, you know, having a turnover. I think a lot of it is these guys want to be successful. They want, they really want to be good. But I think it's so hard on them right now. Everything you hear is just so great about what the defense is doing. And then when games are really mm-hmm. close, you know, they I think they're putting a – whether they win or lose, you know, when you win, of course, everyone feels great. It's all about it. No matter if you win, you know, by one or by 20, it's still the same. But I think when we lose these games, because so much is put onto the playoff system nowadays, that every loss is so surmountable to a point where you used to have to win like six games back in the day just to get a bowl game. You know, now teams are going like five and six and they're going to a bowl game, you know, and, uh, and everything. But now, it has all transpired around the playoff system where when you lose a big game in Florida, you lose a big game in LSU and everyone knows your defense played outstanding. They played great. And then you become the pounded on like as a player, you feel that. And the whole thing is we got to get back to having fun on offense again. What I mean by that, Mm -hmm. you make a big play, get excited, get back into each other, pour into each other. The more you start to pour back into each other, the more you'll come out of this, this, I guess I call it a little bit of anxiety of wanting to do really well, you know, want to match what the defense yeah. is doing. And don't worry so much about what the defense is doing because we're a team. There's years that your offense is going to be better than your defense. Your defense is going to be better than your offense. But you know what you do for a brother that is kind of down a little bit? You carry that weight a little bit stronger, so you just pick him up. That's an interesting thing that you you point out just about their – the lack of excitement and hype on on that side. And I see that a good bit when I'm on the sideline. We always talk about, you know, just kind of the persona of a team. And there's a very fine line, especially for a quarterback. And I I always kind of look at the way Bo Nix is handling himself. And we talk a lot about a quarterback's composure, right? Like you want to have that composure. You want to be calm and even keel because a game is going to get high and low. And if you go along with it, it's going to affect your mentality on the field. There's a fine line between that composure, though, and and seeing some spirit and some love for the game, because I think that is so big, especially in these conference games. And I think for a guy like Bo Nix, it almost looks as if he's overthinking the way he's acting. Every time he comes off the field, he goes straight to Gus. He's he's locked in, which is so important. But you got to have that camaraderie. You got to be hitting the helmets of your receivers and, and getting the crowd a little involved, because if you're overthinking the way you're acting, you're certainly going to overthink the way you're playing. Oh, you're exactly right. Cause if he can tap into that aspect of, uh, and Devin, Devin knows like how that energy just flows, you know, like all it takes is one big play mm-hmm. to get things turned around. Like you said, in the Alabama game, 2004, we drove to the red zone and uh, didn't score one time. We went forward on fourth down, if I can remember. And I think we missed a field goal early in the game. So we go in down. That's the first time we've gone down at halftime, 6-0. Um, you know, probably the worst half we played all, yeah, we played all year. And uh, the coaches didn't say a word at halftime. I remember Mayos, Mayos uh, got up and started calling out all the seniors and started telling everybody to get up and put the onus on us when we come too far. And that's the thing. You're going to face adversity, even in a great season. And the thing is, you just got to keep nailing, keep nailing, keep nailing. Coach Gibbs used to always tell us in the pros, are you going to be the hammer or are you going to be the nail? And and the whole thing about our year that year, even in the LSU game, we won 10-9. We kept nailing and nailing and nailing. That was a hard-fought game. 
know, we came out victorious in an Alabama mm-hmm. game. We on the road. They're playing hard. And for whatever reason, we can't get things going in the first half. But guess what? Our offense been putting up so many points that year. We struggled that first half. But who had our back? Our defense had our back. Not one time did they say, I think y'all got to pick it up. Nothing like that was said because they knew they could depend on us to come back in the second half and do what we did. And we didn't punt the whole second half. Well, Devin, I always ask guys that come on our show, uh, you know, you had your time at Auburn. You had your time in the league. What is one thing that you learned at your playing time at Auburn that has carried in both into your professional football career and just played into who you became as a man? My, my receiver coach, Coach uh, Greg Knox, <laughs> who I have to believe now at Florida, he said a lot of things to us, but he did. He definitely had one thing that stuck out to me, and it kind of kept it with me even in life. Um, he used to always tell tell us in the receiver room, "Don't be a repeat offender," you know, and basically don't make the same mistake twice. So whether it was a play you messed up on or something that you kind of, you, you, once you know you've made a mistake, try to fix that. And I've kind of carried that throughout the rest of my college career in the NFL and even moving forward in life. So if I I'm going to, so it helps me to realize that I'm going to make mistakes, but the biggest thing is to learn from that mistake and try not to make the same mistake again. Cause I think that's what causes a lot of, you know, friction in our lives or in, in your career and whatever you're doing. So if I can minimize making the same mistake twice, then I'm that much, I'm that, that much better off. That's awesome. Wow. Well said. Well, Devin, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, everybody, for listening to us here on Tiger Talk. Enjoy the bye week as much as you can without some Auburn football. There's another big game, I think, you know, LSU-Bama, no big deal. Uh, And we will be back next week to preview the big Georgia game down on the plains. You won't want to miss it. So for Jason and myself, everybody, thanks for listening. War Eagle. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.